Happy Sunday, Shoreline City. You guys fired up? Come on, today's gonna be a great, great day. I am thrilled about what's on the horizon. Hey, we're one church with five locations, not only Antigua, Guatemala, and White Rock, but Mockingbird Station as well. And we got Bishop Arts Oak Cliff, North Dallas. I want everybody clapping for everybody at all of our locations. We're thrilled. All of us get to be together today. I am filled with a lot of anticipation. It is Cultivate Sunday. I do have my Cultivate Conference gear on, so I'm excited about that. Uh, from what I understand, uh, at the time of me sharing this, there are only a couple hundred tickets left uh, to cultivate. Uh, so if you are still wanting to go, we got a couple hundred more spots. Would love for you to go ahead and purchase your ticket today. You might as well do it even while I'm speaking. Right now, go to cultivateconference.com. Go ahead, get on your phone, do it right now at Mockingbird Station. You're sitting in that theater, go ahead and do it. Why not? And, uh, and I don't want anyone to miss it. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, what we're going to be doing uh, with uh, Cultivate is we always have an outreach initiative as well. We always have something that we do to make sure uh, it's not just an inward conference, but we're making sure we reach uh, into our community and into our world as well. And uh, not only are we going to be doing some stuff with uh, sex trafficking and A21, but also uh, Heart House. And uh, we have some bags at all of our locations. And what I want you to do during this uh, this week and, and next week is I want you to grab a bag. And you'll see these bags out in all the different lobbies. You're going to grab a bag and you're going to fill that bag up with the items that someone will need for Thanksgiving. This is all a part of our outreach initiative, not even just for Cultivate, but really for a whole heaven to earth offering that we're doing this year as well. At the end of every year, we take out some time to go a little bit further, to stretch ourselves a little bit beyond maybe what we think we're able to do. And we just find uh, a number that God gives us and we participate in this offering to make it on earth as it is in heaven. And this year we've got some pretty aggressive initiatives, but one of those for sure is to make sure during this holiday season we take care of hundreds of individuals. And I want everyone to be a part of that. I just got a, a comment or a call yesterday today from someone letting me know they're like hey I'm so fired about heaven to earth I gave my offering yesterday and it just inspired me and I just know there's more people that God is putting a number on your heart I don't you don't have to do what I do I just want you to do what God asks you to do we don't ask for money here but we do ask you to pray we ask you to pray and ask God the part that he wants you to play as we all make it on earth as it is in heaven together hey if you have your Bibles why don't you open up with me to John chapter 5. I'm going to do the same passage of scripture that I did uh, last week. Uh, Y'all had me crying and walking back and forth and laying on the ground and doing all sorts of things last week. And I brought a stool up here to try to confine myself this week. That is my goal. My goal is to stay seated right there the entire time. Walk through this passage of scripture. Uh, so today we are looking at no lifeguard on duty part two, part number two. But as we walk through this passage of scripture, I pray that all of our hearts would be encouraged today. Because I really think that God has something in store for every last one of us. John chapter five, beginning in verse number one, it says sometime later. Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Am I saying that right? Be, be, just making sure you're all paying attention. Bethesda. 
and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. I feel like I'm up here by myself sometimes, so that's why I have to make sure you all were with me. Make sure you're with me. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. I've heard multiple times how that number 38 actually ministered to a few people last week. Uh, you never know how God chooses to use his word to illuminate certain things to different people's hearts. So, uh, again, come with ears to hear. You never know how God is wanting to speak to you. One who had, who had been there, had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while I am trying to get in. Someone else goes down ahead of me. Verse number eight, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. In this passage of scripture, uh, Jesus, again, uh, we looked at this last week. If you want to catch up with us, go to Spotify, go to YouTube, uh, go to our app, and you can, you can uh, catch up with this message. So I, I'm taking the same passage of Scripture. I'm going to look at it from a little different angle here. You can even see in verse number 14, we actually didn't look at this verse last week. Jesus says to the man, stop sinning. I don't want something worse to happen to you. Uh, this is not a threat from Jesus, Okay. This is not Jesus pulling out a nine millimeter and saying, hey, you better. That, that's not how Jesus is working in this particular moment with this man whose life has just been turned right side up. That's not what Jesus is doing here. It's as if Jesus is saying to him, uh, and you can write this down, change the patterns of your life to impact the quality of your life. If you don't change your patterns, the quality of your life will not adjust. And many of us keep the same patterns in our lives and then we are wondering why the quality of our life stays the same or continues to deteriorate. So when you look at your thought life, I wonder what pattern are you in in your thought life? What, 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 what's your self-talk? What, what do you allow to run rampant in your mind? And if what you allow to run rampant in your mind is toxic, do not be surprised when your life is toxic. When you look at your spouse, for those of us who are married, okay, and I'll talk to single people in just a second. Hold on, I'm coming for you. But, but, but married, married people, when, when your spouse is not acting the way you want your spouse to act and you feel like you're giving more than your spouse is giving or you feel like uh, you sacrifice or you feel like you're laying down your life for his career or for her career and they're not reciprocating that type of buy-in, that type of sacrifice, that, that type of lean-in. And then you begin to entertain in your mind the thoughts, I don't need this. I could do better than this. 
I, I don't have to tolerate this. There's someone else out there that will appreciate me. And you see, you know, it, and you go to the gym and, and you're not flirting, but you're hoping somebody sees that little ab workout you're doing. <laughs> Come on, glutes. Come on, glutes. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> if that offends you, can I so apologize? I'm going to say way worse stuff than that. What, what, what I'm trying to say is your mind starts messing with you, and it starts messing with how you now begin to interact and, and connect with and talk to and deal with the world. At some point in time, you're going to need to come to one of the master classes or sit down with a counselor or go to a connect group and get with some friends and saying, you know what? I love this person. I said, till death do us part. And right now, things aren't going the way I'd like for them to go. Help, please. Because I'm sending signals to people I should not be sending signals to. So instead of send, sending signals to the people in the gym, I want to send some signals to some people that genuinely care about me and can help this marriage become what God wants it to be. Are you all with me on this? In order to change the quality of life, you got to change the patterns. Finances. Man, so many of us are just living on that credit card, that credit card, that credit card. No budget at all. I dare you just to slow down once, just once. Right out. Every bill you have, just do this. And then you go, oh, why do I have this many bills, but I only have this much money? And no wonder you're behind every month. Okay, let me keep on going here. Y'all getting too quiet on me? I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to help us as we walk through this passage of Scripture I want us to understand that God is trying to mobilize us, get us ready to go somewhere. He's trying to equip us right now. I'm, I'm trying to get our church family ready, not just for where we are right now, but for where God is trying to take you. What he wants to do in your personal life, what he wants to do in your single life, what he wants to do in your business. For those of you who are going to be graduating in December, God has something in store for you. There's something he's wanting to birth on the inside of you in a season he's trying to take you into. And I'm trying to get us ready. Ready, not just for now, but where God is trying to take us. I don't want you just to be good on Sunday, okay? I want you to be good and following Jesus and fulfilling the plan and purpose that he has on your life every single day of your life. As I was praying uh, this past week, as I knew we were going to be walking through this passage of Scripture again, uh, and I was thinking about mobilizing, us getting ready, and, and us getting prepared for where we're trying to go. This next year, I could not help but feel and understand that, that there, will be, there will be an opportunity that will come your way that will be bigger than you. It will. And you're either going to run from it or run through it. This next year, there will be an obstacle that will be bigger than you. And are you going to run from it? Are we going to run from it? Or are we going to run through it? 
And I even, I even saw in my, in my heart and my mind the ordinary. And are you and I going to be buried underneath the ordinary and try to run another direction? Or are we going to own that moment and step into what God is calling us to do? Opportunity. Obstacle. Ordinary. Opportunity. Obstacle. Ordinary. How will you and I respond when we're faced with either one of these things? I want you to decide now how you're going to respond. I want you to respond. I want you to decide now how you are going to respond to the obstacle that's going to come your way. Can I tell you a secret? Opportunity actually is usually is wearing the clothes of obstacle. Okay, so when, 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 uh, when, when the obstacle comes your way, you see it dressed and it's, it's got obstacle written all over it. But underneath the obstacle is actually opportunity. This is a story of David and Goliath. See, see, everyone else saw a giant as an obstacle. But it was actually opportunity for David to become who God was calling him to be. And if he never had the giant, he never would have discovered who God destined for him to be in the first place. He had to have the obstacle. And you and I are trying to run from obstacles and God is like, no, 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 no. I actually put the obstacle there so that I can let everybody else know what's on the inside of you because there's a king on the inside of you. There's a queen on the inside of you. And that will not be discovered. It will not be discovered without obstacles. The opportunity, it was wrapped in it. I'm trying to help you to see different. I'm trying to help you to see your life differently because you and I like to run. We like to try to bind the devil. We like to try to run another direction and, and tell everybody, take this away and take this away and take this away. But, but sometimes God's like, no, 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 you don't, I'm not taking the cross away. You got to go through it. You got to go through it. Because if you want resurrection, you're going to have to die first. So I need you to be willing to go through this so I can give you that. I hope I'm helping somebody here because I'm helping myself. (laughs) I'm not even into all the other verses yet. Okay, let's go to verse number one. Let's go to verse number one. In verse uh, number one, uh, as, 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 as we're reading here, uh, it says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. And, and then uh, I, I, like, I like that it starts with Jesus. And I just, I just want to make this so crystal clear. That in order for your life and my life to make sense, the center of it needs to be Jesus. He cannot be an add-on, Okay. Christ cannot be an accessory. He cannot be a ring that we put on and we take off. And I fear, I fear that in our Western culture and today's version of Christianity, it's just kind of easy to be a little bit of a chameleon when it comes to our faith with Christ. And depending on the situation will depend on if I'm really a follower of Jesus or not. I have no guilt to put on you. 
no stones to throw at you. But church family, Christ did not die so that he would be an accessory in our lives. He died to be the Lord of our lives, the boss of our lives, the director of our lives, the center of our lives. And I know that's a little bit countercultural because we, we, we live in an Instagram, Facebook world. In an Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat world, you just kind of like something and you move on. Like, move on. You don't have to read the caption. Like, move on. Like, move on. And you can feel like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm with that person. I'm connected to that person because I, I like, I might even comment. My new favorite emoji is this one. I love this emoji right now. I know it's been around for a while, but everything, I'm just like, <laughs> rock on. Yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm loving that one. I do black hands too, okay? I, li I like that I've got the colors. I'm like, yeah, I'm a brother. So I, 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 love, I, I love us being able to be connected to people. That's wonderful. But, but do you ever feel like your relationship with Jesus might just be like, scroll, like, scroll, like, scroll. But, it, but it's, never, it's never like I don't sit down with you. I don't really talk with you. I don't connect with you. It's all kind of through a screen. And, and, and yeah, I, I just kind of had like a little snack and I just kind of moved on. But there's never like a five-course meal where, where my heart is open and your heart is open and I'm able to be real and I'm understanding who Christ is and I'm able to lay, lay bare my my heart, my soul, my emotions, my dreams, my fears, my weaknesses. I'm not praying for my family like I need to be praying for my family. Just kind of skimming through life, not scuba diving in my relationship with him. And I want us to be people that are saturated in Jesus, filled with his presence and his power. I don't want a casual Christian church. There's a difference between being a liker and a lover, Okay. You can like some things. I was driving the other day uh, going, I can't remember where I was going. I think I was going to pick up my wife from somewhere. Going to pick up my wife and there was some traffic and I can't stand traffic. Uh, so I, 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 you know, put in Waze, you know, how to get to where it was. And I was like, Waze was lying to me. I'm like, I know better than Waze right now. So I went my own little way and I went down this random street and I came around the corner and I saw not a liker of the cowboys. I saw a lover. The front of this house, I mean their whole house, everything was the Dallas Star, blue and silver. Y'all, they had a flag in their front yard. On the flag was United States of America flag and the Dallas Cowboys flag. And the USA flag, I think, was underneath. Okay, that's where... This family is in their mind. I like the Cowboys. They love the Cowboys. And if I was in a conversation with them about the Cowboys, I would probably feel rather quickly like, oh, man, I'm just not into this as much as you are. If someone will go that far for the Cowboys, but let me, if someone will go that far for their career, okay, Go to school for six years. Go into $125,000 of debt. Climb their way up a corporate ladder. Work 80 hours a week. And do all of this for something or someone that could fire you. 
at any point in time. But we will give our best effort, our best energy, our best love, our best years. But when it comes to our glorious Savior who actually has set us up for eternity to be connected with him forever and has taken us from darkness to light. And with him, we want to go mm, everything in moderation. Why is it moderation with Jesus, but not moderation with you working out? Why is it moderation with Jesus, but not moderation with your boyfriend or girlfriend? Why is it moderation with Jesus, but it's not moderation with Earl, let me just keep on going here. I'm staying in my seat. I'm staying in my seat. I'm staying in my seat. Bethesda means house of mercy. It means house of mercy. I love that they're in the house of mercy. There's five colonnades. Five is the number of grace. There's mercy and grace in this place where there's sick people. And that's where Jesus shows up. I want you to know this next year, if you're walking through any sickness, any struggle, any problem, any pain, you're, go you're going to be surrounded by grace and mercy and Jesus will be right there in the middle of that spot with you. And he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Let me keep on going here. Verse number three, there's a great number of disabled people. And when, he, when he's around all of the, the, these disabled people, we just get sicknesses, they're lame, they're diseased. Um, and we don't even get the name of the particular sicknesses. Even the guy who's 38 years old, we don't, get, we don't get the name. We don't get his name. We don't get the name of his ailment. We don't get the name. But what we do get is get the name of Jesus. And when I was, I was reading, I'm going, hmm, hmm. It, it seems as if maybe, maybe the writer is saying, make sure your sickness doesn't become your identity. Make sure the thing that you're battling doesn't become your identity. Make sure the thing, the, your obstacle doesn't become your identity. Matter of fact, I think maybe he's saying there's a difference between sharing your struggle and being your struggle. Because if you, if you share it, it's one thing. But if you are it, it's a totally another thing. You ever met someone? And they got like one song. One song. I mean, Thanksgiving's coming. You're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Aunt Mary Jane, I love her. But I know, I know she's going to talk to me about 38 years ago when this happened and 27 years ago when this happened and 14 years ago when this happened. And this is the reason she's still broken down on the side of the road. And you're like, man, I'm really sad because those are really, really bad things that happened. Matter of fact, they were tragic things. But Aunt Mary Ann, they, those were a long, long time ago. But you keep singing the same song over and over and over and over and over again. I wonder in your life and my life, have we allowed our struggles to become our identity? Have we allowed our shortcomings to become our identity? None of the stuff is named in this passage of Scripture. The only one that gets a name is Jesus. He's the only one that gets a name because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And I'm not saying what we go through is not real. I'm not saying what we go through is not hard. I'm not saying what we go through does not actually impact us. Of course it does. But my friends, let us not allow our struggle to become our identity. You are are not your past. You are not your shortcomings. You are not your sickness. You are not your struggle. You are a blood-bought son or daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you have been made new. 
Go, let's go to verse, verse 6, verse 6, verse 6. Jesus says, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? When I, when I read that, I, I, I jotted down uh, what popped into my head was your, your true desires are revealed by your disciplines. Your true desires are revealed by your disciplines. Man, I really want to get out of debt. Okay. 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 Cool. We all want to. I've never met anybody like, no, 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 I can't wait. I'm, tr I'm trying to get as much debt as I possibly can. I'm trying to just d dig the deepest hole I possibly can. I'm actually trying to ruin my life for generations. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to pass all this debt on to my kids. <laughs> I'm living the life, but they're going to get all this mess. No, I I've never met a person that, that thinks like that. But I have met people that live like that. Okay? I have no shame, no guilt, no condemnation. I'm just, I'm just trying to look at the text and see from this text, from these scriptures, what we can learn practically in our lives to help mobilize us to step forward into the opportunities and through the obstacles and even be able to lead in the mundane and ordinary that comes our way in these upcoming months and years. I'm trying to get us prepared for where God is trying to take us every single campus. I'm talking to North Dallas, right? I'm talking to every lawyer, every person that works at Toyota. In North Dallas, I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to everybody at Oak Cliff that's been there forever, for years and years and years, and that's their hood, and that's where they live. I'm talking to everybody at Mockingbird Station. It's like, man, I've never gone to church in a movie theater. I'm talking to you as well. I'm, I'm talking to every one of us trying to get us ready for where God is trying to take us. I, I, I remember, I remember just, just to go on the side of, of grace and mercy, just so you know, I, I'm empathetic here. When we first moved to Dallas to start the church, we got hit with so many medical bills. Okay, my wife and I. She was sick, in the bed all the time. We didn't know why. Um, Parker ended up getting sick. That's our oldest son. He ended up getting sick. We had, we had a, a hospital stay, not just one. We had multiple. We had all these different things that were coming our direction, uh, battles that we were having. I remember Parker having his appendix. Uh, didn't, it didn't rupture, I don't think, but it was about to rupture, so he had to get that removed and, and just going through all the different things. And we had all these medical bills. And I wanted to get out of it. You just feel defeated. You ever feel like, I, why even try? Why even try? Why, why, why should I even fight against this? I'm so grateful in those moments of utter despair when you feel like the, the debts and the the bills are piling up and then you're like, there's no way I'm ever going to get out of it. I can tell you by God's grace and his miraculous hand and his provision, we are totally out of all of that stuff. Every bill is paid. Every debt is gone. I'm so thankful. But I remember feeling hopeless. 
I love in this passage of scripture that the man is actually still at the spot where he can be healed instead of staying home and just sulking about his situation. At least he got up and went to a place where he could be healed. At least he was around a person that could heal him. At least he had a posture that was allowing him to say, God, I need you to do something in my life. I wonder if we can steal from this man and say, hey, yes, there's a mountain in front of me, but the God that I serve is still bigger and stronger than that mountain that is in front of me. I got to keep on going here. Oh, my goodness. Verse number 10, verse number 10. Verse number 10. When you're reading this, you see how the Pharisee, the, the, the religious leaders are responding. I, I mentioned this real quick last week, but I just want to throw it in there one time. Everyone will not be happy with your new freedom. Okay? Everyone will not be happy. When your life begins to turn around for the cause of Jesus Christ, when you start saying, no, I'm not going out, y'all. I'm on a budget. Well, why are you doing that? Oh, come on, man. This is just one night. When you start saying, you know what, hey, I'm not going to cheat on that anymore. I know we used to do business that way, but I'm not going to do business like that. I'm not going to do business with them because of what they represent and how they handle themselves. I'm not going to interact with them on that level anymore. Wait, what, are you better than us now? You think you're, you're so holy now? People will begin to tear at your freedom. They will not be happy with what God is doing in your life. So do not be shocked when, when, when all hell breaks out against you when you begin to walk in new freedom, but I still want you walking with that new freedom swag. I want you walking, I want you walking like you just got in love. Remember when people get in love, you know when people get in love? They're, they're just dumb. Right? I mean, we can just call it like we see it. We, most of us have been there. Some are like, I haven't been there. I want to be. This holiday season is rough. Hey, don't worry, you're going to get through it. It's going to be all right. But man, when you get in love, so. The meanest person can be the nicest person. I mean, they got a smile on their face. People that would cuss you out for nothing. Those same individuals are like, oh, no, that's fine. Cut me off. It's fine. It's fine. Because that love, that new season that they are in, it begins to change them. I just want you to understand, when you begin to walk in new levels of freedom, it will change you. It will change how you walk. It will change how you see life. But it will also change how other people see you. And do not let their opinion of you change who God is calling you to be. You step fully into the plan purpose that he has for your life. I'm all done here. I'm all done. Verse, verse number eight. Jesus said to this man, get up, take up your mat and walk. In other words, he's saying, I, I have healing and a new life for you. Walk in it. Walk in it. I shared this story uh, before about uh, about our, our daughter, Elle, um, my wife dresses her in just the cutest stuff all the time. Um, but, I mean, I like her to have a little bit of edge, you know. So I wanted her to have, like, an Adidas sweatsuit. So we went and we got an Adidas, sweat, like, old school Run DMC, kind of just like, yeah. do you not know Run DMC is? <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to go, go to another church. Okay, because. <laughs> so. So I, I mean, we get it. We go, we go to, uh, you know, Foot Locker in Mesquite. You know, I'm like, I'm going, I'm going Town East Mall. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to North Park for that. I'm not going to North Park 
for an Adidas Run DMC sweatsuit, okay? I'm going to, I'm going town east mall. I'm walking, I'm owning the place. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what I need. You know what I need. You know what I need. Hook a sister up. So, I, you know, put it on L, and she gets her stuff on. And so we got to get some shoes as well. So I want to get her some shell toes, you know, uh, Adidas, but she doesn't want that. She wants the pink ones. That's okay. I got her the pink ones. And y'all, when anybody came to the house, she was wearing that stuff, wearing it. She is telling everybody. Look what my daddy got. Look what my daddy got. Look, I just, I just so appreciated her wearing what I got for her. Fast forward, fast forward. Decided to take her out again. Because those Adidas got beat up. I'm like, hey, hey, I got to keep you fresh. Okay, you're my daughter. So we go to get some more shoes. And these shoes that I bought, she won't hardly wear. But I bought them. But she won't wear them. One thing I bought, she will wear. The other thing I bought for her, she will not wear. And I started thinking about that for our lives and Jesus saying to this man, get up and walk. And I just started wondering how many of us have, have Jesus, he's bought something for you. He's purchased something for you, but you're not willing to wear what he purchased. He puts something on you, but you're like, no, I'm not good enough. No, I don't like that. That interrupts my finances. That interrupts my single life. That interrupts my business. So I don't want to put righteousness on me because now that's going to require something else out of me. So I want, I'd rather wear condemnation because at least I can now control the narrative. But once I allow you to put something else on me, now I'm going to have to live up to the standard empowered by your spirit that you're calling me to. Will you wear what God purchased for you? And I started going through. And I just have a bunch of things here that God purchased for you. You will not be able to take notes fast enough. You probably want to take a picture of the screen of what I'm about to do. You can want to take a picture of the screen. Okay? Because I, I, I wanted to write down some things that God bought for you. This first chunk is in Christ. I am accepted. Hear the truths about you. I am God's child. I have been justified. I have been bought with a price and I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I have been chosen by God and adopted as his child. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. That's just the I am accepted. I got another one. I am secure. I am free from condemnation. I am assured that God works for, for my good in all circumstances. I am free from any condemnation brought against me, and I cannot be separated from the love of God. I, am, I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am confident that God will complete the good work he started in me. I am a citizen of heaven. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I got one more. In Christ, I am significant. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am God's temple. I am a minister of reconciliation for God. I am seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realm. I am God's workmanship. I may approach God with freedom and confidence, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Will you wear what God purchased for you. God bought it. 
you wear it. Like he told that man, pick up your mat and walk. I want us picking up what God has purchased for us. Putting that on and wearing it as we fulfill ever the plan and purpose that he has for our lives. At all of our locations, do me a favor, bow your head for just a moment. I ask you to bow your head not because it's like some hocus pocus kind of thing, mystical, magical thing, but just so that we can focus for just a second. If you're under the sound of a voice and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, you've never made him first, you've never made him number one. But you're under the sound of my voice today and you're saying you do not want to go your own way anymore. You want to go his way. You don't want to be first in your life. You want Jesus Christ to be first in your life. Maybe Christ has been an accessory for you. Maybe he's just been an add-on, but you're saying, I don't want to live like that any longer. I'm trying to put him at the center of my life. This is your moment of surrender. On, on the count of three, every person wants to give their heart to Christ for the first time. Or you want to rededicate your life to serving him. On the count of three, I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that is me. You ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand in the air at all of our locations. North Dallas, Mockingbird, White Rock. Come on, all over the place. Just throw your hand in the air. Oak Cliff, you're putting your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that is me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. Antigua, you want to put your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that is me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. This is awesome. This is miraculous. This is beautiful. Man, we celebrate this moment. I'm going to ask everyone at all of our locations, do me a favor, put your hand over your heart right now if you would not mind. And I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Lift your head up. Clap your hands with enthusiasm.